and then block in some time after you've returned from say an entire evening of not working or an entire weekend of not checking your email and ask yourself, well, what would need to be true for me to be more comfortable with that tomorrow or more comfortable with that next weekend, right? This is an iterative process and it's really a muscle that needs to be built. Welcome to the Ad Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast, where we're on a mission to end entrepreneurial unhappiness. If you're an entrepreneur with a burning desire to change the world, this podcast is for you. We're here to help you transform your life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and fulfillment you crave. This show is dedicated to entrepreneurs who want more out of their life, more meaning, more purpose, and ultimately, more happiness. You deserve it all and it's possible. I'm your host, Robert Peterson, pastor turned life coach for business owners. I believe that success without happiness is not true success at all, but there's always hope for those who are willing to take action. Join us every week as we bring you inspiring leaders and messages that will help you on your journey towards success. Thank you for investing your time with us today. Let's get started. Our guest today is Allison Caffrey. She's a small business operations strategist, best-selling author, and founder of Operations Agency. She's commonly referred to as the wolf among our clients because she gets stuff done. Allison is best known for helping streamline the back-end ops for a multitude of brands and using her Operations Simplified framework to unleash the power of small teams. Robert and Allison Caffrey talk about operations and the value of creating systems to do stuff. Systems are the habits for your business to get stuff done. Allison shares how a fractional COO can help your business create a plan, document what works, and make it duplicatable and scalable. Allison, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm just looking forward to such a great conversation. Likewise, Robert. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So. I started show with a guest sharing their entrepreneurial journey and what's led them to the impact they're making today. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this. I think what you're doing is so important. Well, thanks. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about obviously operations. It says operations agency right there. So <laughs> what, what got Allison in, into operations and, and, and how are you using that to make an impact in the, in the business space? Yeah, definitely. So I like to say that I, um, I started my business out of need and kind of by accident. Um, so I was an operations manager at a high growth entrepreneurial venture, and um, I quickly became their operations manager. And for better or worse, everything flowed through me. I was doing all the partner contracts and managing all the projects and helping host the live events and onboarding the new team members and even at some clip doing the books, some of the financial management. And so when I decided to to um, take an opportunity with my husband. He was in the military at the time. We moved and I gave my two weeks notice to the founder and he said, can I have a 90 day transition period? And I said, totally not here to leave you in the lurch. I'm super excited. 
And what I did was I actually restructured the entire organization to really function independently from me because everything at the time, right, was really dependent on me and the knowledge that was up in my brain and the experience I'd had with the business so far. And so um, within about 30 days after, you know, parting with that organization and giving them all the keys to the kingdom and all the things that they needed to be successful, um, I was full of new business uh, people who really wanted me to do the same thing for them. And so I thought to myself in the first like six months or so, kind of doing fractional COO work and freelance work around operations, I was like, this seems to be such a greater need um, in the entrepreneurial market um, than I even could have imagined. And so a lot of folks find that they, you know, found out of, you know, excitement, or they have all this industry expertise and all the things and then running a business and setting up standard operating procedures and supporting a good team and setting up good technology um, really becomes tiresome and um, confusing and challenging for them. And they find that it's challenging to even, um, you know, have time or find a time, right, to set some of that stuff up. And so that's what operations agency does. We really just help defrictionalize things behind the scenes so that entrepreneurs can leave the types of impact that they really want to leave through their products and their services. Yeah, it's so powerful, right? Because obviously entrepreneurs start their business because they're an expert, right? They love what they do. They love right. this thing. Whether whether they're a chef who loves to cook or they're a plumber who loves fixing pipes or a contractor who loves building stuff, right? They're, they're really good at what they do. But all of a sudden, starting your own business brings on a whole nother set of skills that mm -hmm. most people really don't want to do anything with including accounting and hiring and paper and applications and contracts and and all of, all of these things that are really a completely additional skill set and, mm -hmm. and most entrepreneurs just get swamped in that extra skill set i love the way you described it because that's really how the mm -hmm. entrepreneur feels right the owner of the company has all the knowledge in their brain sometimes their leadership is at the level where I've got to do it all myself. I, no one else will do it the right way. I've got to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And there's this need <laughs> to get the knowledge out of their head into systems and processes, into uh, SOP, into a guideline for why do we do it this way or how do we do it this way or what's the point of doing it this way, Yeah. right? And, and, that, and that's a challenge. <laughs> like... It, for me, and I, I run a small little company, like my, my company is very small. My wife and I are, are pretty much our, the partners. And I find it challenging for me to get my vision out of my head in a way that my wife, who is our COO, can understand it and use that for the work that she's doing behind the scenes, keeping things running. And, and, and really, so, so enlighten us to... <laughs> What's the magic formula for sticking a syringe to my ear <laughs> to pull this all out and get it, suck it out of my brain and stu stuff it onto paper so that other people can use it? Yeah. I mean, listen, there's no um, magic. I think something that I've learned um, over the years of running a business and helping others run really profitable, really streamlined and really successful businesses is that um, there is really no 
secret or tip or trick that's going to make the entire difference. A lot of us, um, really, if we're being truthful and, um, you know, really real with ourselves, um, are probably cutting corners in some ways and doing things that we know aren't going to serve us long term. Um, and I think operations is the same, right? A lot of us in our hearts know that we're overdue to create systems and consistency. And we know that we throw proverbial hand grenades into our businesses and just blow things up with a new idea or a new direction or whatever else, right? And we know as founders that that is the truth. But I think um, really what we want to do um, in order to create the opportunity to take what's in the founder's brain or in the leadership team's brain and put it down onto paper is to practice what I call and what I wrote a book about called the sabbatical method. And really what it is at its base function is giving your business um, hits of time without you um, so that we can find out what breaks and what questions we need to ask to prompt the best responses, right? In the days of AI, right? I mean, AI is incredibly impactful and such a new hot topic these days. But if we don't know what questions to ask AI, it can't produce us the results that we're looking for. And so we can use um, the sabbatical method and really remove the founder from the day-to-day -day operations to help use a sabbatical as a forcing function to professionalize things behind the scenes and really get that information out of the founder's brain and centralized into a knowledge base. Ooh, so that, that idea sounds like throwing a grenade <laughs> in the, of the business. Yeah. I, I love, I love that metaphor because, because we do, we throw grenades in our business all the time, especially the visionary entrepreneur, right? The visionary entrepreneur who's got man, this, this idea and this idea and that idea and this idea, and they're trying to figure out how to execute multiple ideas at the same time that are going to just be the next miracle for their business, all while neglecting the one thing right. that's paying the bills. And, and, and every one of those things can, can be a hand grenade, but even some of the hand grenades can be the, the stuff that gets forced at us, right? Oh, the website company went out of business and so I got to build another website. I got to, I mean, even outsourcing the things that we want to outsource mm -hmm. really requires the same level of getting it out of the founder's head and onto paper so that so that somebody else can create that vision in the digital space or somebody else can create the marketing materials. Uh, otherwise, the business owner is still stuck doing all the stuff he shouldn't be doing, he or she shouldn't totally. be doing. Um to love that. So, so how do we lean into the sabbatical method without the owner just taking a week off and seeing what breaks? What's, I, I assume there's gotta be some first steps so that we don't completely like go out of business while they're gone for a week. Yeah, totally. And you know, a lot of owners struggle with some really basic things around resting from their business. Um, Ooh, and so no even just doubt. shutting our computers at 6pm or taking a full weekend without checking our email or checking in with team. I mean, those are some really easy early boundaries to begin to set with yourself because I say this all the time to my clients. Um, it's like we don't want to train our business um, to need us right? We want to be able to create an asset that can thrive independently of any one person. And if we start to treat our business like it needs us, 
like we're in a position where every single problem that arises, we jump over team members and systems and go solve it with a custom solution and all those things. We're actually training our business to need us. And then it has control over our life, right? So if we create those boundaries to say, no, actually, my business needs to be able to function within this window, which means I close my computer at 6 p.m. I take full weekends. I have four weeks of vacation time peppered throughout the year, right? We need to start creating those boundaries first and foremost. So get clear on what those are and hold yourself accountable to actually doing that. And then block in some time after you've returned from say an entire evening of not working or an entire weekend of not checking your email and ask yourself, well, what would need to be true for me to be more comfortable with that tomorrow or more comfortable with that next weekend, right? This is an iterative process and it's really a muscle that needs to be built. And we need to be really comfortable with giving ourselves longer and longer rest periods away from our business so that we can empower a really capable and autonomous team, put some really solid trust in our systems and really be able to focus on new growth initiatives for the company or um, new service streams or product streams or whatever it is that we want to do to grow our overall impact, right? I know every single founder doesn't want to just run one business and do the same thing every single day. They want to grow. They want to further their impact. They want to launch new companies, launch new products, launch new services, do new and exciting things with their current client base. And so as we're always growing, we we need to understand that in operations at large in a small business it's not about how right we get the process or how right we build the system it's about do we give ourselves time to repair what breaks as we grow because if we're growing we're breaking stuff right small businesses should be just making a ruckus and growing really fast and testing the boundaries that's one of the things that makes it so wonderful to be working with yourself and working with a small agile team and i think rest if we consider any you know high performance feat summiting everest running a marathon training for an ironman rest is strategically woven into every single one of those training plans because we need a time to repair and rebuild oh so much value in <laughs> what you're talking about uh so i'm going to go back a, a little bit because you mentioned when the owner steps in and creates a custom solution you mentioned obviously making the business need you, but you also mentioned just subtly, they step on the other people's toes and they're not empowering people to do the job that they're hired to do. Just that alone is going to improve their team, right? When the owner steps back and says, okay, I, I, I've given you all the tools. I've given you the things I need to give you. Now I can trust you and empower you to, to do the job. One of the things we work with is helping owners establish their values, right? Owners, owners have values. They know what's really important to them. And one of the spaces where they don't trust their employees to make the same decisions or to make similar decisions is because they haven't had this values conversation and they haven't yeah. put those values or hired based on those values so that they know their employees will make similar decisions because they know the value ladder for the company. These are the things that are important to our company. These are the things that are important to me as a founder. These are the, this is the line where we will go to 
you know, we will die on this hill because of these values. And then of course the rest of these values, you know, they're, they're important to it. So many companies have this list of values, right. And they throw them on their website and, and nobody ever has discussions about them. Nobody really knows about them. So for me, building trust with those employees, with the systems really starts with values. Yeah, I agree. And I think, so there's a whole chapter in the sabbatical method dedicated to decision-making. And I think if we understand what our process is and what the outcomes are, and then layer what you're saying, Robert, what the values and what the decision-making guidelines are for our team members, we really can take some time away from the business and understand and trust that the team can take care of it and make decisions like we would expect them to make, right? Or that we would be really aligned with. I think a couple of things need to be true, right? We need to have kind of that check and balance in the back of our minds as entrepreneurs, right? We need to make sure that we have really solid data that we can look at that tells us our team is making good decisions on our behalf. So I think um, starting kind of with the getting the knowledge out of the brain and making sure to centralize all of the key company information is the first step. But then additionally, right, we want to have some other operating procedures in place. Something I talk about in depth in my book is really considering like, what are the consistent projects we're doing behind the scenes? Are we tackling those in a way that's really consistent and feels really frictionless. And then additionally, what metrics are we tracking? Because otherwise, right, it's going to be a very huge emotional lift to try to uncover what is going on in our business. If something goes wrong, if we're tracking the right data, we should have an objective take on how things are going. And it will tell us what direction we need to go in and what types of decisions we might need to make to serve the business and its growth over time. Yeah, we, worked with a, had a conversation with a, a business owner and one of his employees made a fraudulent invoice to certify somebody's house, a, a product in somebody's house, and then went into the system and back rolled it out. And, and so it didn't show up in their, in their documentation. And so when this home was sold and the person that bought it said, hey, this product just broke and your company certified it. Um, mm. many companies would wash that under the rung and say, Hey, we had an employee that lied and, 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 you know, we can't honor that this company based on their values said, we're going to come out, we're going to fix it to the point where it is certifiable and we will, we will own that. And of course that employee lost their job because <laughs> they committed fraud. And the, the interesting thing about, you know, values and especially, I mean, we all know Enron, the story of Enron and integrity was their big value. We will not lie to our customers. But in reality, and played out <laughs> that upper management was more focused about making numbers go bigger. The bigger we make the numbers, the more money everybody makes. And this was magic. And so th there's that interesting dynamic between what we put on paper and what's actually happening. Yeah, I think you've shared a, a really impactful story there with the real estate agency, because I often say that, you know, a lot of um, entrepreneurs will come to me and they'll say, well, I'm not a systems person and I've never done this because I can't do it. Ooh. And I think um, I think it's interesting to me because if you consider you know, yourself, the, the leader, the founder, or the leadership team, let's just say at large, we're ultimately accountable 
for the success, right? And the longevity and the impact of this business. And we can outsource certain elements of how we achieve that impact and that success and that longevity. But at the end of the day, it's still us who's accountable. And I say the same thing to my my parentpreneurs, right? I'm like, think about if this was your child, right? You can outsource specific areas of your child's upbringing, their education, their health, right? But at the end of the day, you need to look in the mirror and be like, am I raising a capable adult here? And if the answer is no, we might need to augment some things. And so the same is true about our business. We baby it for way too long, or we think that we can outsource specific elements of how it is being brought up. And we think team members are going to come in and write the processes or establish the core values, but it really starts with us. It starts with the Mm. founder. It starts with leading by example and saying, I'm going to do hard things that maybe don't come naturally to me. I'm going to try my hand at being more organized and I need some help because it doesn't come naturally to me, but this is more important than any shortcoming I have as a person. Does that make sense? (laughs) Absolutely makes sense. One of my, one of my mentors grew his business very fast, outsourced his accounting and woke up one day and went into the office and five black trucks pulled out up front and came in with warrants and took all of his computers and said, the IRS is saying you're not paying your taxes and we're taking all of your business computers to prove it. And what had happened is that his accountant was not paying the payroll taxes and the payroll taxes were being oh. put into the accountant's personal account. So the accountant was committing fraud, but the accountant had told him, oh yeah, we're, you know, everything's up to date. All the, all the QuickBooks look like those were being paid, but that money was being funneled mm-hmm. someplace else. And ultimately the owner is the one that would go to jail until he proves that, that his accountant was the one committing the fraud. The owner's ultimately responsible. And even if you outsource your accounting, if you outsource your HR, if you outsource like in here in Colorado, you've got to have, you know, there's certain health insurance requirements. There's certain employee benefits that are required by law. And if you outsource those things, you as the owner still need to know whether or not that's meeting the the minimum standard in the state. It's the minimum standard, um, especially accounting. You've got to know how to look at your profit and loss statement and look at your bank accounts and make sure that, you know, what these people are doing with your money matches. And I think the power of systems is that systems support your ability to check versus not having a system gives you no way to know or check. You won't even have any idea what's supposed to be in there. Yeah. I have a client that came to me back in 20. 19, I think. I think we started working together in 2019. So pre-pandemic, um, they were the number one uh, cell tower installer for T-Mobile at the time. And uh, he came to me and he said, Allison, I really want to um, bonus my team on the profit and the success of the company, but I have right. no idea where to look. And I'm afraid to find out what's going on behind the scenes with our numbers. And Uh I said to him, I was like, well, that's the thing, right? I think a lot of us understand and we know in our hearts that something can be managed better and that we could provide our business with a little bit more clarity, a little bit more consistency. But I think at the end of the day, it's like that proverbial stepping on the scale, right? We're kind of afraid to find out what the number is because then it means we are going to have to do something about it. And we're going to have to go down the road and cut through all of the over, you know, grown brush and all the things, right? We could very easily just keep living this happy life where we're like, oh, I'm kind of profitable and things are not that on fire. Um, But if we want to run a business that's really going to stand the test of time and be able to make the type 
type of impact that we want, we're going to need to own every facet of it, the good, the bad, um, the in-between, and just realize that every single thing is not ever going to be all right at the very same time, right? There's always going to be something that we're going to need to be building. Um, and so we need to be comfortable with that. We will be right back after this short break. Are you an entrepreneur who started their business with purpose and passion only to lose sight of it amidst the daily grind? We understand how frustrating that can be. That's why we're offering free strategy calls to help you gain clarity on the barriers holding you back from achieving your dreams. In just 30 minutes, our experienced coaches will work with you to identify obstacles and develop strategies for overcoming them. There's no commitment or pressure, just a chance to get some assistance and clarity you need. Scheduling is easy. Simply visit smilingcall.com and select a time that works for you. Let's jump on a call and build your business together. It's time for you to add value and achieve your full potential as an entrepreneur. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. When, when a business owner recognizes if they create these systems, right? If we if we take the time to to get it out of our head, get it down onto on the paper to get it into processes that other people can follow, the reality does become that you can sleep at night. The reality does become that, hey, I do know, I do know what's happening in my business and I'm not losing sleep over keeping all the numbers in my head. Um, and ultimately they can take a vacation and, and focus on their family and the things that matter most. And I love how you started with boundaries because that's, that's where I want to start with every business owner is because if you say you started your business because of your family, then why is your business get more time of, of your life than your family does? Mm -hmm. Right. You're, 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 you're not living out the value that you're saying. And so let's help you get that straight. Let's, Let's find out what's really important to you, what really matters to you, and let's build your business around it. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to rip off a rip off a band-aid, but in that process or two, of, or, two or three, <laughs> turns out there's four or five down there. <laughs> yeah, but but the reality is that the more of those that you rip off, the more freedom that you're actually creating for yourself and your employees, because now you're building a team that trusts and loves and everybody's getting the communications that they need to know where this company's going, what direction we're going. You know, even a company as big as a, a cellular antenna installer, right? To the point where I want to give bonuses from everybody winning. So at some point he must think we're winning, but yet he doesn't even know what that looks like. Right. And so, gosh, that yeah. that's got to play in your head. Like, wait, what? And so uh, elevating your team and being able to, to, empower them is a huge step, right? But also giving them all that same direction, right? We're no longer just winging it in the day to day. What's our role? Well, we build cell phone towers. No, we're helping nationwide communication. We're, we're a big player in this, in this whole nationwide wireless network, right? Helping people see the bigger vision gives employees a motivation to stay, to be a part of the team because now they have a mission. They know what they're doing. They're not just coming to work and doing a job. They're a part of something bigger and greater. And, and I think employees, employers, entrepreneurs overlook that, right? They keep the vision to themselves. They keep the dream to themselves. And, and I get it. We don't want to get the dream crushed and we don't want, but when you're the leader, when you're leading a group of people that have come onto your team and bought into your vision, 
they need every bit of that energy and that love and that passion that the business owner has to to live out the mission and and to want to be a part of something greater than themselves and that's what's going to lead employee retention and building of trust and increase profit because we're all working a little bit harder, right? We're leaning in a little bit more than we did before because we're starting to love what we're doing because everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, it's incredibly impactful. It really is. I've seen it change the culture behind the scenes inside of businesses where one at, at one point, you know, folks were having high turnover and really low productivity, implementing just a handful of operational structural elements um, can just really, it can make the, the biggest difference. Love that. So you mentioned your book, The Sabbatical Method. Who's the ideal target, right? What's the ideal audience for your book? Yeah. So I, I want to serve business owners um, doing a million plus in their businesses. Um, at, that's really when we start to see a lot of the friction points here. Um, certainly this can serve, um, you know, entrepreneurs in the earlier stages of growth. Um, but really when you're at that million plus point, um, you know, when you're trying to get from like one to three, for example, for a lot of my service-based businesses, a lot of my coaching businesses, they really need to start exercising the muscle of becoming the leader and less the decision maker or the doer. And uh, the sabbatical method is extremely impactful. Um, I think a lot of folks, especially if you're still in a position uh, where you're trading time for money, or you're very involved in a lot of the back end um, development of your product or your service or any of that stuff, um, it becomes really challenging when there's so many moving parts there at about that revenue point, um, where we really just need to start to take a look at how things are functioning overall. I think operations at that point in the business are totally critical to implement because I've seen a lot of companies push past that like low seven figure mark and uh, they need to contract in order to build some of this stuff and then they can kind of get back up to their revenue point. So um, my encouragement is always to begin before you think you're ready to create systems. Even if you're a solo person shop and you've got like a one or two contractors serving you, helping you out part-time, like start to build the muscle of, okay, if I do this more than three, five times, I'm going to start <laughs> recording my screen, writing it down, documenting at least a high level checklist of how I'm getting some of these results. And I think James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits said, um, standardize before you optimize. So I think a lot of us as perfectionists and industry leaders and, um, you know, folks that we consider just experts, right? We think that we want to create something that's incredible and 100% right and, you know, uh, is totally perfect and will never change. And we need to kind of unlearn that and realize that whatever way that we're getting results today, if we can transfer that to a person who we can pay half the amount or can get a better result for us because maybe we're not as good as it, at it as they are, um, that is a win for our business and the really big key there is being able to transfer the current best knowledge that we have and then make a commitment to just get better over time at refining that process instead of trying to create the optimized version and then never begin. Well, and especially in a company that's already running because you've got an optimized version that you're using, that you're working with. Start right. with that and then improve it rather than it's, you know, one of the things obviously in goal setting and planning, so many people want to make a plan and, and make it perfect. But the reality is, as soon as you do step one, it changes everything that happens after yeah. it. And you assumed it was going to go left and it really went right. And now steps two through 99, you're throwing in the trash can because the reality is different. Yes. Right? 
uh, it's we always love you know launch and adjust <laughs> you know, launch and adjust get yeah. it off the ground get it moving and see what the reality really is see what the customer really wants see what the your your staff is really capable of doing and, and adjust on the fly and and that's really hard for perfectionists <laughs> to yeah. let go of especially if the perfectionist is the business owner yeah, I mean, it's it's really confronting when you think about like how closely your name is associated with your brand in the earlier days, right? You're like, oh, this is my reputation. It's not just perfectionism, right? It's how I'm going to be viewed in the marketplace or all of those things, right? And it's okay to fail. It really is, right? It's okay to do that. It's how we iterate. It's how we repair, right? It's a lot of what I'm talking about in the sabbatical method is, is how do we give ourselves opportunities to learn from the things that are happening in our business and be able to create systems that make the next phase of the ascent a little bit smoother. Yeah. I, I really love how multiple times you've mentioned break it <laughs> so we can fix yeah, it. Break it. Yeah. Totally. That's, that's really pushing the system, right? Push the system to the breaking point that forces you to, to reinvent it because that's part of the problem is we get real practical, right? If it's working, mm -hmm. why should I mess with it? <laughs> right. And we're in that well, I mean, it's the same the practical thing. reality. Yeah. It's the same thing like ma managing and maintenance in your car, right? Like you buy a car for a specific function, right? And if it's working well, it needs maintenance, right? And so like you can even consider that, right? Like there's only so long a car can go on a certain set of brakes. There's only so long a car can go without an oil change, right? It can't just drive for days and days and days on end without getting more gas, right? So if we consider some of the ways, like if the system is working well, it will still need maintenance, i.e. braking, right? Or else it, it's going to go, go to a point where it can't come back. So even the best made machines and the best made systems do need maintenance or else they're going to break eventually. Yep. I took mine out and tried to break it just because it's under warranty. Let's, if I'm going to break it, let's break it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody else is responsible for fixing it. Oh, oh, but it really is true about systems that typically they're temporary. Typically they need to break <laughs> to, to improve mm -hmm. and and kind of like our own comfort zone, right? If we don't force ourselves to break our comfort zone, we're not going to grow very far. But the same in our company, if we don't push our systems to the breaking point and, and, and break them, then we can't improve them because we won't. We'll just be complacent in, in, in the functionality of it. And I think many business owners get caught there. I, I have, have a couple that own a sporting goods store and they're working seven days a week and not taking time off and not getting away from the business. And even after multiple years of increased revenue, they're still st stuck and slaves to the business. And it's really because they don't have the systems to hire efficiently. They don't trust other people and, and they're not willing to, to, to see <laughs> the possibility of mm -hmm. if you guys step away from this, you could actually grow faster and bigger and, and not feel like a slave to to your business that's now taking away your retirement years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard, hard to reconcile that you are the bottleneck sometimes, and that you need to kind of get out of your own way. Uh, it also, I know, I mean, from experience, right? A lot of folks will um, chat with me about working together on their operations, and they'll say, "Well, it feels like a really overwhelming project, or this feels like another really big thing that I just don't have time for right now." And I think that if we consider 
that we're never ready to do pretty much anything. Right? I mean, if right. we're being totally honest, we want to start to build this before we actually need it, right? Kind of like investing into a small nest egg and savings account, right? We want to build it up so that if we need it, it's there when we have it, or ideally, right? Operations that are humming really well behind the scenes exist and they're kind of like the blanket that keeps you warm at night, right? You don't notice when it's there, you just sleep soundly. But if it's not there, you're super uncomfortable and very cold and you don't sleep well. And then it bleeds into the next day because you're not well rested. And so uh, I think like creating some time, even if it's just a small amount each day to just make some micro deposits in the you know proverbial like operations account is going to do someone so much better over time uh, rather than like halting every single thing that they're doing in their business or growing to the point where they need it to stop because the business can't withstand some of the lack of systems that currently exist. Well, and that's why you want to have it break small, right? If we break small mm -hmm. stuff, we can fix it faster. If we blow the whole thing up, <laughs> then we lose, then we lose our revenue stream and, and we're in trouble. And so I love how you, you start, right? Turn the cell phone off at five o'clock and try that for a few days, turn the cell phone and computer off for the weekend and try that for a few days, a few times. Right. And then challenging yourself, what do I need to do to be comfortable with that so, so that it doesn't make me feel crazy, right? And then that starts leading to different decision-making, right? Different, I'm, now I'm setting some boundaries. It's kind of cool because now we're setting a boundary at work that gives mm -hmm. us a win at home. And those, those, are, those are great things that start to, hey, now my family value is starting to align with, with my business value. And I'm really, I'm really starting to show up as the person that I wanted to show up for in the first place. That's a huge win in and of itself, mm -hmm. just for their mindset and, and how they're going to yeah. show up as the leader at work and then how they're going to show up as the leader at home. And I think when they start to see some of these just micro wins, that's going to motivate to, man, how can I take the next step? Right. How can I get to that? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, a lot of business owners, if you said you should take a month off every year, they're going to go, <laughs> you know, cause they don't, they just mm -hmm. can't even envision that possibility, but you start putting some of these pieces into place and then it starts to become, holy smoke, maybe I can in 18 months take a month long vacation and be mm -hmm. away from my business completely no, no connection and trust that when I come home, it'll be running okay. And that there might be a couple things I need to fix, but for the most part, everything went well. And you're like, that's a huge possibility. And that should be a huge driver to start to put these processes and systems into place because it, it is a win-win. It, it's going to serve you and your family. It's going to serve you in your personal health and it's going to empower your team to such a high level the month you're gone, they might actually increase revenue. <laughs> exactly. I've seen so many cases where the founder owner will take off and the team is able to just really have the fullest expression of their work life and their environment and revenue has grown and productivity has grown and profitability has grown as a result of that. I think that there's a couple of things that are also true about running a business is that when you're so involved in the weeds in the day to day, it's almost too complicated to see some of the simple 
elegant solutions that you can have to your problems when you're able to get out above the business and get out of the day to day. It's a lot easier to see some of the simple solutions to your problems. Um, so I think, you know, it's really helpful as the leader to get out and do that. And then I totally agree with what you said, Robert. I think that being impactful um, in the workplace um, includes being the fullest expression of you. And so taking rest, taking time to be with your family, taking time to give back to your community and be involved in some of the other things that you are outside of being a business owner will allow you to show up as a more impactful leader, a more um, uh, intentional leader as well, right? Like you're not just responding to fires. You can like formulate your opinions, your thoughts, your outcomes and all those things, and then be able to communicate that powerfully to your team. Um, so there's just so many reasons why, um, both operationally speaking, you know, from a leadership perspective, from a mindset perspective, um, and really empowering others that rest is just so absolutely critical, both in our personal lives, right? Like being able to reconnect with what's important and like pour into ourselves so that we can show up as the fullest expression of who we are. And then additionally, right, being able to pull away from your business to allow it to grow independently of you. It's just going to be incredibly, incredibly impactful, I think, for anyone who has the like guts. It's not going to be easy, right? Like that nothing, you know, worth achieving in life ever is. And nobody goes out, right? Like you said, right? And just says, hey, I'm going to take a month off for my business. That seems crazy. Just like nobody goes out and says, I'm going to run a marathon one day after never being able to do that, right? There is a buildup to that, right? We need to be able to set the boundaries and run a mile first and then run three miles and then run five miles. And so those types of things, I think a lot of folks want to just go right to the end result. But really what we need to do is build the muscle first. Yeah, how many, there's way too many of us that want the results without doing the work. <laughs> it's true. It's it's yeah. how it's how things are these days. I mean, like I said earlier in, you know, in our conversation, I mean, there's no like tip, trick or hack that's really going to get you past that fundamental physiological feat, right? I mean, I cannot go out and run a marathon tomorrow. I am not trained for that. I don't know how to do it. I probably will get hurt. I probably won't run for a while. It'll probably bleed into other areas of my life. And we treat our businesses that way, right? We go through these really long pushes and then we don't give ourselves any rest. We don't give ourselves time to repair. We don't build the systems and rebuild the muscles. We just keep going into the next phase. And it's a challenge. Well, and not only that, what the impact that can have on your physical health, we've been talking about emotional health and family connection. But the truth is, if you're running your business that way, your 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 body is going to, you know, if you don't take the rest your body will force you to. And typically that's going to be yes. a heart attack or a stroke or some other physical ailment that's going to put you in a hospital and force you to take a month off. And if your business isn't prepared for it, you're not only going to be a month off in the hospital in bad health, you're going to get out of the hospital without a business to come back to. And, yeah. and that's heartbreaking, right? For knowing that a business owner that can take the time, rip off these band-aids and set themselves up so that if they have a health crisis, because that's the road they're headed down, A, we might avoid the health crisis, but if they have the health crisis, their business can survive it. And most business owners aren't set up to take a month off. They're just not. And, and if you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, they're crazy. No, we're not. You absolutely can set your business up to take a month off if you put the systems into place and you empower your team and you build the business around the systems and the processes that are getting the results, you can take a month off and your business will thrive. 
wholeheartedly agree. Allison, we end every episode with guests sharing their words of wisdom, and you've shared so much today. This has been fantastic, but what would you share to encourage our entrepreneurs listening? Yeah, I think um, don't wait until you're not busy to start investing a little bit in this category of operations. I think, like I was mentioning earlier in our conversation, Robert, I mean, a lot of people tell me this is a huge project and we're going to take it on next quarter and we're going to get everything cleaned up. And that's kind of like saying, you know, I'm going to put all my savings in one bucket in one quarter. It's like, no, it's, it's better to just build it up over time. It feels a little bit more frictionless. It doesn't feel as much of a heavy lift. Um, so don't wait um, until you're not busy. Don't wait until the project's over. Um, don't wait until you're not, you know, in, you know, some big launch or whatever document it now, get it out now. Um, don't wait until your first hire. I think a lot of folks actually need to um, start a little bit earlier when it comes to creating systems inside of their business. And unfortunately, I work um, with a lot of companies who come to me and they say, well, I waited too long. And now we have to do these things or we have to stop and we have to repair ourselves and then move into the next phase. Um, so I, I encourage you to even though if you know, you're running a small shop or you're on your own with a handful of people, um, it feels uh, a little early. Like I encourage you to just start building the muscle now. Allison, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing today. And thank you so much for so much encouragement. And I think hope and possibility for business owners. So thank you for what you do. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate you. I had a good time. Thank you for tuning into this episode brought to you by the power of intentional decisions that lead to massive action. Those aren't just buzzwords. They're qualities that can help you take control of your life and build a successful business. To support you on this journey, we're offering you our most popular survey to help you establish a baseline. Visit enjoybizlife.com to check it out and take the first steps towards changing your life and business. We often make things more complicated than they need to be, losing sight of what's truly important. This tool will help you refocus on what matters most so that you can start doing the things you've always wanted to do like spending quality time with loved ones. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by liking, subscribing, or leaving a review. But most importantly, share it with someone who needs to hear it. In our next episode, Robert chats with Wendy Watson, a spiritual coach who is seeking to change the lives of women wounded by divorce. She's taken her mess and turned it into her message. She's done the healing work in her own life, equipping her to help others on the journey. She shares some of her tips to help people who are living with emotional pain.